This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Welcome to CinemaFix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Frank Reddy. Hi. This is part two of episode number seven of CinemaFix, focusing on the movie In Time. So if you're looking for part one, you're listening to the wrong file, just so you know. If this is your first time listening to CinemaFix, you should be aware that this is the show on Film Geek Radio devoted to discussion of mainstream blockbuster films, and each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part is a general non-spoiler discussion, and the second part, which you're listening to now, is the more in-depth analysis of the film, complete with spoilers. And it's designed to be listened to after you've heard part one, or at the very least, after you've gotten to see the film that we're talking about. Now, In Time is the new film from Andrew Nichol about a futuristic time in which time is literally money. Here's a clip. Confusing times. Is she my mother, my sister, my daughter? You're hoping she's not my wife. Things used to be simpler once, so I'm told. Very beautiful. Daughter. She does look a lot like my wife. Sylvia, Will Salas. Congratulations, Mr. Salas. You've taken years off my father's life. Which is normally what you do. Isn't that right, my darling? We're having a party tomorrow night. Perhaps you'll give him a chance to win back some of those years. I'd love to. Okay, Frank. Uh, in, in part one of our discussion... We reached the conclusion that you didn't really care for the film too much, and, and I, I liked it a little bit more. But you mentioned that the film had three different endings. Yes. Do you think you could talk a little bit about that and, and you well, know, let's I discuss don't it? Well, I the exact count is three, but where I would put it is you had mentioned before that it had a lot going on. I, I agree. They had the gangster villains, and then they had the time cop who was after him. And there was one climax where I thought, okay, this this might this is slowly bringing it to a head where, you know, the gangster gathers him and uh, Amanda Seyfried and they burst in and they have like the little time off where they're trying to like steal each other's time and who wins. By the way, I was never really clear on the rules on that on and exactly how you, you know, get the upper hand there. I guess it's like, is it like arm wrestling? It's like whoever's hand is on top. Gets the time. Gets I, the time or I something. Yes. I, I mean, because literally he's just standing there watching him suck the time. This is the bad guy. He's not even doing it on purpose, watching him suck the time away from him. But um, he takes he takes out all the gangsters, which I thought, okay, that's over. This is heading towards the end. And it does. The cops show up then. They chase him onto the roof, and there's this big shootout. They get away. Fine. Then they go rob her father. This has to be getting towards a climax at some point. Big chase scene with the cops. This is what really irked me. The cop says on the cop car, hey, give me my daily allotment of time. And then he sees them driving by. Oh, no, wait. Wait a minute. This is going to be over soon. We don't have to do this. Never mind that before now, 
getting more time has been portrayed as easily as sticking your arm in this little hole and the time gets put on. It's not even like you can't drive and do right. both at the same time. It's stupid. Like, it's purely stupid. I didn't mind it too much. I mean, I, I see what they were going for. They were trying to, to show that this guy is, like, so focused on his job, so focused on always getting his man that he will even forget about what he needs to survive himself. It's not even that he forgot, though. It's just that he chose not to do it, which to me is dumb. But because then it's, it, it screws him up. He's literally standing right there. He has them dead to rights. And he looks down and he's like, oh. And he's dead. And yeah. he's dead. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I kind of wish they had done a little bit more with his character. Yeah. Because he he's a guy that is so stuck to the system and so stuck to the rules. Yeah. That when Justin Timberlake's character, Will, gives him more time, yeah. I feel like that would have really messed with his head. That's what I kept expecting to happen is that it, it screws them a little bit and they never really go anywhere right. with it. And, like, and all the other uh, police officers are kind of like, well, what happened? He, well, la-di-da. Like you, you got some time and you don't think that's a problem? Yeah. Come up. I feel it would have caused him to question what he was doing or think about – the system or yeah. something, you know, or at the very least kill himself by saying, I'm going to give you your four hours back. One of their many subplots was him and his subordinates who literally had some of the worst dialogue I think I've ever heard. <laughs> but uh, what, what was your favorite line, Frank? My favorite line from the whole movie wasn't from a subordinate. It was from it was an exchange between Amanda Seyfried and Justin Timberlake. Will, what are we going to do? Whatever we have to. Whatever it takes. If you're following somebody and you ask them what you're going to do and that's the line they give you, get out now. And but that's, that's just – that's a stock line though. Yeah, I mean, but that's, we can do better than stock lines. I agree we can do better. We can do better. But it didn't It didn't annoy me just because we've seen that kind of thing in so many movies before. It annoyed me because this was – it was this was aiming to be something like a little bit more profound than that I think. And if it was like a diehard movie, fine because then at least <laughs> Bruce Willis would deliver it a little bit tongue-in-cheek. This was well, he 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 had a curse word at the end of it. Yeah, it'd be it'd, yeah, it'd be more ironic as where this was just straight up, truly whatever it takes. And that's the point where this character already you had no idea what his plan was. Like he had no plan. Like I already was convinced that this is somebody who is lucky he had the looks of Justin Timberlake because he does not have much else going. Okay, for okay, him. let's talk about that for a second because I agree with you. The the the. Uh... The motivation for him to be doing all this is a little bit shaky. Yeah. You know, I like the idea that you've got this this system in which now the wealth divide is communicated through how long people live. Yeah. Because let's face it, that tends to be the case in our own society. Yeah. That rich people tend to live longer. And, I, I, you know, I like that idea – and yet here you've got a character who suddenly basically be- can become immortal. He gets all this extra time. Yeah. Um, and then he knows how to gamble it. So he yeah. knows how to get even more. And yet he's decided he's going to take down the system. And the reason he decides to do that is apparently because his mother dies. His impoverished mother. Yes. Because as – what's his name? Henry tells him at the beginning yeah. of the film – you know, the whole, the way the system works is that only a few people can be, quote-unquote, rich. Only yeah. a few people can be immortal. And in order to maintain the status quo, the uh, 
cost of living will gradually rise. Yeah. So that poor people eventually will Drop starve. Yeah. yeah. And so his mother has to pay two hours of time to take the bus home instead of one. And that does her in. And that's what does her in. And, uh, you know, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that being the motivation for him to go after, quote unquote, the system. Yeah. That seems like a very vague villain, you know? Yeah. And for him to go straight to New Greenwich and immediately start gambling and going to these parties and stuff, it almost seemed like – it kind of seemed like he had a specific plan even though he didn't. He didn't. That was my problem with it is, is okay, this is your plan. Your mother died, so you want revenge on what you feel is an unjust system. Okay, I can buy that. I, I can get my head around that. But the idea that you're going, your plan is to go to New Greenwich and take well, away the rich people's time by gambling it out of. How is that a plan? Wait, is, it, is that even his plan, or is it just I'm going to go to New Greenwich and live it up and figure out what to do with my life? Because he kind of, I mean, clearly he's got to know that the cops are on his tail. Yeah. And yet he goes there, he hangs out with the man to say free, and then. The party gets interrupted that he's at. And once he escapes from the party and takes Amanda Seyfried hostage, that seems to be when he's clearly like, okay, I've got to take them down yeah. somehow. I've got to switch things up. And so I'm wondering, like, before that, was that was that his goal? Or was he just trying to, like, see how the system worked and hang out with the rich people for a while and just – Forget about his mom's death by living it up in a fancy hotel room. I mean, I have no idea. Right, like, I, none of it really added up and made any sense to me. Like I had no idea what he was doing there. Right. I mean, I mean, once once he escapes and once things kick off, I think the film more or less finds its footing. The problem is that's about an hour into the movie, though. Right. It, it, it's it's getting through that first act and really setting it up, which is the problem. You know, I like the idea of he saves this guy who's got a century of time on his hands yeah. who wants to kill himself essentially yeah. and who gives him all this time. Yeah. I think that's a cool premise. I'm on board for that. It's how we get from there. And I you know, and I even like the very melodramatic scene in which he's got all this time he could give his mom, but she dies at literally the last second. Yeah. I thought, okay, that's fine. I'm on board for that too. It's that that transition from there to I'm on the run and need to take down the system that is kind of shaky. Yeah, I, I would agree. You know, like I said, I just I'm not sure what he was going there to because they kept saying, you know, if you stay here with that much time in the ghetto, you're going to get like stabbed because people are going to want to steal that time. Right. So at one point, I understand he had to go to like a, a more affluent community. But you're not really – because you get the idea that he wants revenge, but trying to gamble it away from them is a stupid plan. It's, right. It's not a – it has no chance of long-term success and among other reasons. Transitioning that to him on the run, it's like we were talking about earlier. His first move when he's on the run is to drive back to his old community, which again, I'm sitting there thinking, this is really stupid. I mean, you, you were going exactly back. You're going back to one of two places they know where to look for you. Right. <laughs> and he literally goes to the apartment he shared with his mother, which throws into comp throws into question the competence of the 
law enforcement officials to not look for him there. <laughs> right. He's like, no one will look for us here. I was like, well, what are you talking about? This is your address. <laughs> this is literally where they'll come to look for you. I mean, he they made a big deal. Like she had all those those uh she had like a decade's worth of time, they said when she ran. Right. Why not just go to like a different community, like a different Well, here's a question. Is there a middle class? I don't know. In exactly. society? Like, okay, clearly this let, let's talk about the political subtext. Okay. Because it's right in your face. Clearly yeah. this is a movie about wealth divide. Economic inequality, you've got the very, very rich people at the top, and they survive by essentially killing off the poor who are oppressed and living day to day, literally yeah. <laughs> living day to day. Yeah. And I like that. Maybe it's because of my leftist political leanings, but I don't, I don't mind that. And I don't even necessarily mind how on the nose it is and how heavy-handed it is because it almost seems to me – it's kind of like, like, like a classic fable. Or fairy tale, one of those stories that you you come up with and you tell that has a core message, basically that's very apparent that you can tell your kids essentially, and they get the point. I mean, this is the kind of film you could pretty much tell the premise to anyone, and they'd be like, "Oh, so it's about the it's about class warfare, essentially." So I, you know, I don't mind the idea of having simplistic science fiction quote unquote fables as movies. If the execution is okay. And in this case, the execution is tolerable. <laughs> yeah, tolerable, I think, is a charitable way of putting it. Right. I mean, but it, it really is right in your face, though. I mean, he, he finally uh, has the confrontation with um, Pete Campbell Vincent from Mad Men. Vincent Cathizer? Or yeah, is that, is that his name? Yeah. I, I just call him Pete Campbell. I'm butchering his last name, but yeah. yeah. From, from the guy from Mad Men. And they have this whole exchange about, um, you know, survival of the fittest. And it's this very, uh, you know, social Darwinist kind of attitude about, well, if we're yeah. rich, it's because we deserve it. And if you're poor, to quote Herman Cain, it's your own fault. Yeah. You know, so I, I didn't mind how in your face it was, but that could just be me. I don't know. What did you what did you think of the whole political I... subtext? I lean a little bit more to the right than you do. I generally don't like stuff to be that on the nose. And I think that the movie oversimplified it just a little bit because, like you said, where's the middle class? It's, right. It's like, you know. This is the film where the 1% is doing fine and then the 99% is, is all completely is dirt horrible, poor. Which is, just, which is just totally unrealistic. Like he took it to an extreme to make his point, which is why I have a problem with stuff that's this on the nose. Because it's just not – it's not fair. It's it's more propaganda than it is anything else. And my whole thing is just even – I think when you're trying to make a point like that, when you're making a movie, you're there to tell a story. And, and I, I think he was trying to make a point more than he was trying to tell a story. And I paid my $10 to see a story, not to listen to somebody's rantings about the current economic situation. I, I can understand that. I mean I think one of the reasons I really love Gattaca – is because there are these messages running underneath related to technology and genetic engineering and where things are headed and how we how we judge people and those messages are definitely there but it at the core it really is just a story about a guy trying to achieve his dream yeah and this film 
does seem like the message and the story are a bit more intertwined. Like you can't have one without the other. I, I think, yeah, I think the message trumped the story in this one. I can, I could, I could see that to some extent. Yeah. I, so I guess how you feel about it might depend on your feelings towards the message. I think so. I yeah. mean, I think it's how w- willing you are. Like I said, it just some of the plot moves as a result just didn't add up to me. Like right. I think it would have made much more sense that he hightailed it to a just like a different area. I get the lo- I get there's some logic in hiding in a ghetto because who's gonna uh, all of them are technically outlaws in the ghetto ghetto the way this is portrayed. Right, they're all desperate the criminals. As where I guess if he went to another affluent community. He'd stick out a little bit more, right? But um, I mean, I think I think for people that are unfamiliar with basic critiques of capitalism, yeah, this might be a in a very kind of dumbed down in your face primer, yeah. Just because I mean, they they ha- they had they have the conversations where they literally spell out, okay, look, you can't have rich people without poor people. Yeah. You know, the rich need the poor in order to survive. You have to have that underclass there. Yeah. We have to come up with this idea that if you're rich, you deserve it and it's a, and we have to believe that it's a meritocracy. Yeah. And that's the idea promoted by the rich <laughs> because yeah. it helps them. Um so I mean that's basic Karl Marx capitalism 101. So I feel like if Andrew Nichol was trying to use that as an educational tool and be like, well, in these highly politicized days, I want to uh, present these leftist ideals in a fun sci-fi setting that people can easily understand. He achieved that Mm -hmm. in terms of getting his message across as to whether or not it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like it's like you said. I, I think it would. It, had he ran, run away from New Greenwich and gone to like hide in like a middle class community, that would have given the whole thing a little bit more balance. It would have made much more sense plot wise. Okay. Well, 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 they 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 show the maps. Yeah. They have a map of all the zones. Yeah. On the planet or wherever the city. Uh, I guess. Wherever they, they never are. specified if it was like a planet wide movement. The, the country. I don't know. Yeah. So the, everything's divided up into zones, and you've got like green zones and you've got red zones. Yeah. They looked like, and there were the only two. So I was thinking, wait, so are these rich zones and poor zones? Yeah. Is that it? Is that it? Is it? How do you? I mean, that made no sense right. to me. But um, also, I wanted to ask you, what was up with his friend who he gave a decade to? He he went to the bar and he he apparently drank himself to death. Okay, so is that like a like a little th- crying as alcoholism? Because I believe his wife literally says he drank away all of his years. Well, he no, he's, he's, she says he drank away a year, or he he just went to the bar and started drinking, and when they found him dead, he had nine years left on his on his clock, or something. So the implication is either he just drank himself to death because he had too much money to blow, I guess, or he. Uh, was killed for it. You could maybe okay. suggest it because you know, like they say, if you have that much time in the ghetto, yeah. someone's going to get you for it. Yeah. So you could read it either way. Now that brings up the question of: Okay, is the movie in that instance trying to be a bit more right wing and be like, well, you see, some of these poor people aren't responsible and they don't know how to handle it, and they're deadbeats and they'll just they're just a bunch of drunkards and they don't deserve it, kind of thing. I, don't, I took it as more of a criticism of, like, poor communities of, like, saying, see, this is how bad we let things get when people are that desperate. But the thing is, if he had nine hours left on his clock, the, 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 it doesn't jive. Nine years. Doesn't, nine years left on his clock. That doesn't jive with the rest of the movie. 
You know what I mean? It was where the, the gangsters, they stole somebody's time before they killed them. You know what I mean? Like they, they took all the time you had on your clock. That's true. It just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So I guess the implication is his friend was an alcoholic deadbeat who just drank himself to death. Right? Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, and then the implication becomes like more of what you said is where you cannot trust poor people with money; they don't know how to spend it. Right. Like if you just inject money into a into an environment, and without teaching people how to spend it, which is a little bit more, which is condescending. Right. To be quite frank. Was he trying to be like tongue in cheek there? Was he trying to like prove a different point? But, I have no idea. Like, I, I just don't understand yeah. where he was going with that metaphor. Like, why? I don't even know why that had to happen. I, neither do I. That, I was just gonna say that it added nothing to the plot. Like, like he goes to his friend to get some time. Yeah. Why couldn't his friend have just taken a decade and moved somewhere else? Exactly. With all that time. Exactly. And then they don't even like and have him be like, "Oh, that's right. My friend isn't here because I gave him a decade." Yeah, and then he you when know. he's like he 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 feels like guilty. He's I guess you're supposed to take away that he feels guilty about it, but then when he's going around stealing time, he leaves his friend's wife that little time injector device right. so with it's like a million years on it or yeah, whatever. So it's like what what are you doing? He's just, he's being a good guy. Here's here's the interesting thing about the character and what I kind of liked about the movie is that here you've got this your 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 protagonist here is is seriously like this. Jesus Christ. He's Robin Hood. He's literally not selfish at all. No. He takes nothing for himself. Anytime he gets some time, he's just kind of like, I'm going to hand it to you. Hey, random homeless person, you can have some time. 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 He really is this, like, socialist hero who's what? like, everyone's going to get some time. We're all – you can all take it. You're, you'll all be equal. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Did he not buy every room in a hotel for him and his girlfriend at one well, point? But that, that was for them to hide. That True. was for defense. True. You know, that was out of necessity. He could hide in, like, an empty factory or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> – I mean, and, uh, you know, I feel like – That was a luxury hotel too. I feel like, like a Holiday Inn. I feel like his kind of character was – you know, I feel like he had his uh, – his he lived the life for a day or two when he was in New Greenwich. Yeah. And he, that was enough for him. And he was like, wow, this is awesome. Everyone should be able to have this. I'm just going to go give time to everybody. And I feel like after that point, he only used time for himself when it was necessary to survive. I guess. I, I just I, – I'm not – 100% clear. Because, I mean, because he, he, he bought the whole hotel so no one would be able to find them. Yeah. Which makes sense, you know. I, yeah, I, that does make Because ideally, if no one can find them, he and Amanda Seyfried can continue to go disrupt the system and rob time banks and, and have this place to come back to and not have to worry. It makes more sense than him hiding in his mother's house. Right. <laughs> and I was highly, highly disturbed by him dressing Amanda Seyfried up in one of his mother's dresses. That's highly <laughs> – it's just the subtext there is disturbing. Freud would yeah, have exactly. a field day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, there is a link between uh, – according to Freud, there there's this link between sex and death. And yeah. death is always a possibility in a movie like In Time. Oh, yeah. Your clock's always winding down. Now, let me ask you this about the challenge of of – being a young actor like Olivia Wilde played his mother and having to then essentially with a peer establish that relationship of mother and son. Like you, you have to play old, way older than somebody who is essentially your peer. Right. There, that's a big challenge there. Did, did you think that they pulled it off? I thought they, I thought it was fine. You know, the, the performances overall I thought were fine. I wouldn't say they were spectacular, but I thought they did what they could with the material. 
they didn't blow me out of the water, but that was probably because of some of the dialogue they had to say. Yeah. You know, so they, they did what they could. I thought the performances all around were, were fine. I, I, no one really stuck out as particularly good as particularly bad to me. I agree. Nobody stuck out as particularly good or particularly bad. I, you know, it just with the mother-son relationship, some of it felt in the acting so forced. Like, these are the lines in the script. See, that's another thing. That whole aspect of the fact that everyone stops aging at 25. Yeah. First of all, I wanted to know why yeah. your body, like, literally stops aging yeah. at that time. Why isn't it just you kind of keep getting older, but you you can keep yourself in good condition? I don't know. Yeah. Like, the more time you have, the younger you look. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But this whole premise is something that you could do a lot of different things with. I mean, that whole idea that your mother is going to look the same age as your daughter, is going to look the yeah. same age as your great-grandma, you know that laws related to uh, sex crimes have completely changed <laughs> in this society. I'm sorry. I've got to say it. Yeah, it was just it was you weird. Kn- you know that incest has got to be happening on a regular basis in this society. It's just it was bizarre. That was one of the things that led me to ask that question is because there's a moment in the beginning where Justin Timberlake and Olivia Wilde they're dancing because it's his her his mother's birthday and it's supposed to be like this playful little mother son dance and yet you almost could pick up on the fact that Justin Timberlake and Olivia Wilde were like attracted to each other and for a second they're sitting in my seat I'm like oh this is going to go in a really twisted direction. <laughs> And then it it didn't. It just felt it just it was weird. Right. And see, you know, I'm wondering, is that because it's a big kind of studio production and obviously they, they don't want to get that uncomfortable with it? They want to, they don't want to go in that direction. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I'm wondering. I'm a, I mean, I can I can only assume that Andrew Nichol had those conversations with people and try and try to flesh out in his mind what you know, let's figure out how does sex work in this world where everyone looks beautiful and perfect. You got to think, though, I mean, Pete Pete Campbell and his daughter, I thought, pulled it off much better, where I definitely got a, more of a father-daughter vibe. Right, right. As were Justin Timberlake. And you know what You know what it is? It's the hairstyle. Maybe. It's 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 it's, it's the, the slick kind of, I'm going to part my hair yeah. and I'm going to look kind of older and well, he more just, mature. He has more of an air about him than Olivia Wilde does. Right. Where she just does not seem, she doesn't seem that matronly in this. Well, she does seem kind of like a normal 25-year-old girl. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense because it does. Uh, Pete Campbell's supposed to be really old. Yeah. So that I mean that vibe did come across. But even um, Matt Bomer, who played um, Henry, the guy who gives him all that time, he kind of had an air to him. He had a, a very right. world weary air to him. Where, where sure. I bought it, sure. Like I felt like everybody, and I I normally I like Olivia Olivia Wilde a lot. Normally, I like her in House, and um, I liked her in Tron Legacy. Just here, I felt like she. I think it was a miscast between her and Justin Timberlake because I think they have too much sexual chemistry to be mother and son without it just really throwing you off. I mean, he was the, – the, the night she died, he did have flowers. He, he was going to take her. <laughs> they he were going to go out on a date. Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> and you just think about them. He wanted to take her to New Greenwich with them and just even thinking about the two of them sharing a hotel room. Right. It's just <laughs> awkward as hell. It just is gross. <laughs> and that's more of like the odd stuff where we talk about the message where like I would have much rather seen I think some of those really odd right. facts of life explored. Right. Because to me that's – that's like bizarre, like bizarre consequences of this system rather than being beat over the head with a political metaphor for two hours. Right. 
that's the stuff where I would have been like, oh, wow, this is really an interesting problem. How do you deal with this? I agree. I agree. I feel like if you live in a society where time is money and everybody is just constantly looking on how to how to get add some more minutes to their clock, I mean, and everyone looks young and beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that's going to bring up issues. Because, I mean, if you've got five minutes left to live and the hottest person next to you is your mother. Yeah. And you're just like, well, whatever. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> what do you say, Mom? <laughs> I got five minutes left to live. Oh. You know, there's that. There's the there's the old joke about, oh, the plane's going down. Uh, but we, you know, let's have sex so I can lose my virginity before I die. Yeah. You know, this is an environment where literally any day could be your last. <laughs> what if something – okay. What if something goes wrong with the payroll yeah. system? What if you're supposed to get paid for your for your day's work and – Something happens and it's a day late, or yeah. so there's a computer problem. Check bounces. You're, you're, you're dead. You're screwed. Yeah, I mean, that, that, clearly there are some issues that could happen in this like society that would be a major problem. That's part of the, the the thing he was trying to hit home was it just all these people were living like literally minute to minute, right? And and okay, here's here's another question. If you want to get back into political stuff, yeah, I mean, what if there was like. A Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme and you ended up stealing literally years and lives from people. I mean, there's got to be crazy stuff that that would happen. It just – yeah. A lot of it's very, very strange. Um, This is very much the the simple by the numbers. It's a class warfare thing. Let's focus on that kind of movie. Let's We're, not ask all these other complicated questions. Let's not ask the interesting questions. <laughs> in other words. Right. Um, all right, Frank. You and I should write In Time 2 where we really uh, we, should. we really dive into these, these, <laughs> in time two. Let's these get deep on. issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really dive into that because that's a movie that people want to see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the incest movie. Can I just say uh, – getting one, one more thing about the, um, the ending before we wrap up. Yeah. So Timekeeper dies. Yeah. And Timberlake and Seyfried are just kind of stuck there like, oh, what do we do? We can divide up our time. You take it. No, you take my time. And then when they realize they can go to the police car, I was – again, I was sitting there kind of thinking, is there not a password? Yeah. Is there not something? Is there not, is there not voice recognition? Yeah. Is there just the kind of thing where anybody can hop in and take his time? I, I don't know. The whole thing is just like the cop died of terminal stupidity. Right. Which is just – if you're really pushing it that close to the end, you almost deserve it. Where it's like, oh, I, I have like a good four minutes left. I can wrap this up. Well, it said 45. Oh, did it? Yeah. He had okay. like 45 minutes and he was like, OK, I can catch them in that so time. So he blew 45 minutes from that car chase. Huh? Yeah, in that 10-minute car chase <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> That's the thing. We're just like, that doesn't add up. It's like there's no way. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I guess this car chase has been going on longer than I thought. Yeah. It's just that thing where Justin Timberlake's, well, I, I guess you owe me, you're going to have to give me some of those four hours I give I gave you to uh, to make it to the holding cell. And then he's just like, oh, right, he's dead. Right. So I, 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 that, that was kind of odd to me. I almost wanted them to um, have a thing where, you know, because he's, he's kind of like telling her, take my time, take my time. Yeah. I almost was kind of thinking that they were going to do something where she, she, she would start to uh, take his time or something, and then she would do the same thing that he had done to the other guy and, like, yeah. switch it around. Yeah, and t- take his and, time. And, like, sacrifice herself or something yeah. for him, which would put him in an odd position, being the guy that 
is always trying to give, 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 now having to deal with the consequences of taking, even if it was inadvertently. I thought that it would have been a nice little tragic yeah. end, but they go with the happier, let's get in the cop's car and get his time, and then the last scene is them in front of like the Ford knocks of the Fort Banks, Knox of Time, time Banks, Banks. Yeah. or something. So now they're like basically Bonnie and Clyde. Right. And uh, But again, I'm kind of like, okay, so they're in front of this huge bank yeah. of time, this massive fortress, just the two of them. And I'm kind of like, okay, that needs to be the final scene of the movie. Yeah. I want that to be the big climactic scene where, you know, I can believe that if they take down that thing... The system collapses. Yeah. I will totally buy that. Yeah. We'll just have to assume that they did it. Yeah. I I, mean, I don't mind that they I don't mind that they didn't change I, I it would have felt a little bit forced to me had they succeeded in changing the whole system overnight. But even so, you get the shots of like the detective standing around looking at the map being like, Oh, it's spreading. It's and, happening, the system. That's the other thing I didn't buy is that one cop laying down his gun and being like, just let it happen. Because they were trying to do like this whole little subplot where he was like you know, maybe we should just let them go. But they only spent, like, one scene on it. So he decides to let it happen. Here's yeah. my question. Because cops get paid on a day-to-day basis, is he just going to go home and die? die? Yeah. Or is he just going to go to one of the banks and take some of the time? Take some of the time he has saved up? Yeah. I mean, how's that going to work? I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for that guy now. I just don't get. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's going to happen to him. I don't know. And what, Pete Campbell had like a million years on his little time thing in his safe? Well, okay. He said that's his first million. Okay. He's, so apparently he's got millions upon millions upon millions. Of years. Of years. So he's he's immortal. Basically, he's immortal. Between him and his wife. Yes. Like, he's clearly he's not going to die yeah. anytime soon unless his massive fortune is in that huge fortress at the end. You know what else I would have found interesting is inside that marriage is did that wife <laughs> marry him literally for his money, literally to stay alive a million years? That would have been inter- – that, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, it's one thing to marry somebody for their money because for their lifestyle. That, that, I mean, that's a whole new – But literally to marry somebody for your life. That's a whole different type of gold digger yeah. right there. This, I just want to live forever. Well, yeah, and then, you know, they're always asking people, like, are you born into time? Yeah, are you born into time? <laughs> <laughs> like, we get it. Time is money. Okay. We got it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we understand. As subtle as it's been so far. Do you come from time? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yes, I do. Yes. Don't we all come from time? time? <laughs> Wait. I was, I was born at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that, it, it's kind of odd. <laughs> It's just weird. System. Okay, wait. So again, getting back to that, if he's so rich, yeah. does his wife even have to do anything? What does he do? What's his job? I got the feeling he was like some kind of like time commodity broker or something like that. So he's so he's like a finance dude. Yeah. He's like one of these Wall Street guys that really doesn't produce anything. They just trade in, time. Trade in, trade in money slash time and make yeah. more as a result. I get a feeling he was born into time though. I, don't I think, I think so. I don't think you can make all those those millions of minutes or millions of hours. So whatever they they do it by. You know what? Here's what I think. I think that he's he he used to be Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. In Wall Street too. I think so. And he started making all those millions. Yeah. And it just went from there. I think so too. Yeah. And then he got a hot wife mm-hmm. who said, "I want to live forever." Count yeah. Me in. <laughs> who who doesn't want to live forever? Count me in. You know. But, okay. And again, one I, I, this conversation is never going to end at this rate. Yeah. But okay, so. Henry shows up at the beginning and is like, I'm tired of living. Yeah. I want to kill myself. 
And then people are like, why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense. He's who the only do- intelligent person in the entire movie. Who, who doesn't want to live forever? And I'm kind of thinking in the back of my mind, surely he's not the only person to exactly. consider this. Is it just that he's the only one who's bothered to come to the ghetto? Yeah. I mean, does New Greenwich have a suicide problem? Yeah, I mean, exactly. At a certain point, don't you get bored? I mean, right. what, what else is there to – I mean, don't – at a certain point, don't you want to move on? You know, I've done everything there is to do except die. Maybe I should do that next. Yeah, because if, if you think about it, without age, like what are you working towards? It's just like you're here forever. Why not take your time? I mean, eventually it was, it's got to wear on you. So it just seems to me that it would be a more common thing. That eventually you would get these super rich people jumping off the 52nd floor or whatever. Exactly. What about divorce? Let's see Pete Campbell's wife leaves him. There's no prenup. She takes half of his time. <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. She, she, we've, she, we've cut his life in half, basically. They go to court and the judge is like, all right, she gets everything and you get four days. Yeah. You get <laughs> half whatever. of your life force cut right there. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? I'm only going to live for 500 years instead of a million? <laughs> it's like, how do you... <laughs> yeah, how does, that's a good point. How does that work? Or okay, okay here's a, here's here's the thing. Because money is time. Yeah. If someone dies, does that mean there's no inheritance? If, okay, if, if they clock out. Yeah. There's no inheritance. I'm assuming because they have no time to give. I think if you're like but, poor, yes. Okay, but but if you're rich, and what if you're like the Justin Timberlake's friend, and you just drink yourself to death? You can and die got, natural and, causes. And you've got time on your clock. What happens to that time? Or, or if you get shot or something. Yeah. Or you're murdered. What happens to that time if no one takes it? Is it does, is there a legal system to handle that? I is think it, it goes away. Because remember when they shot that guy in the head for mouth and off to him? And they looked at his arm and his arm his, – the numbers on his arm went black. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember. Okay, so if there is no inheritance, that makes it much more difficult to be born into money. I think there it's is an inheritance though. Because remember they have like those little systems to store the time in in the bank. Okay, so if someone dies, they've got in their will yeah. that my millions of time capsules will be left to my son or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you're okay. Olivia Wilde and you were literally living all, all the time you have is literally on your arm, right? You're screwed. There's no inheritance for him, right? But if you're Pete Campbell and you have all those little devices in the bank with just time saved on him, that's got to go somewhere. Yeah, like if his wife were to say, you know what, I don't see spending the next million years with this guy. I don't want to just divorce him and only take half because I want to live for a million years, not 500 years. What if he were to have an accident? An accident? Yeah. Slipped in the shower, fell out a window. This is Hitchcock's take on, on end time. Exactly. <laughs> I could inherit all those little devices he has in the bank. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I take it back. You know what? He owned the banks. The he, banks they were robbing. That's what she said. Pete Campbell owned the banks. Well, that's right. His name was on everything. Yeah. Okay. So – he literally had all the time in the world. Right. So does that make him like God? In that society, you would imagine so. He literally has the power to give life. Basically. Huh. I mean, you have to – if he was like Bernie Madoff and just took everything people put in that bank and just flew to like an island somewhere. No one could stop him. He'd live like forever pretty much. Like if he right. ever hit the point where he's just like, you know what? I have like three billion years here. He could basically kill everyone else. Yeah. He could be the only person left – on Earth, and he would still have enough time to live pretty much forever. Yeah. But then that becomes, what do you do as a fugitive if you're stealing literally life force? Right. Like you just, you, you literally, you'd hide out on an island, and that island would be your life forever. Right. I don't know. 
Again, these are these are interesting questions. None of which are answered. I, I want to know the answers. Yeah. Oh, if I God. ever interview Andrew Nichol, I want to I want to just talk to him about this movie and ask him these questions. <laughs> Is it possible to be a dirty old man in that society if you always look twenty five? I mean, you all look the same age. You're a dirty young man. Yeah. It's like like what. Like what is like the age cutoff? Like what's appropriate or not? Clearly, dating standards are going to be changed. Oh yeah. Because if I see a hot girl at the bar and go hit on her, and it turns out she's 125, does it really matter? Yeah, because you all look you look the same. Right. Maybe she's a little bit more mature at that point. Much more mature. But um. But I mean, if she's still at the bar looking for a good time, <laughs> you're at the I bar mean, looking for a good time. Is that really so disgusting? No. No. Not maybe really. Not, maybe, what makes it disgusting? Is it the physical like body difference or is it like the, just the sense that when you were born, she was like 50? I, th- I honestly think it's I think it's the physical thing. OK. I think that's what what makes most people uncomfortable is the idea that, oh, here's this wrinkly old person with this young, attractive person. That's kind of messed up. See, these are good conversations. These are the type of conversations <laughs> I'd rather have than, oh, we're such a such a dead on political allegory. <laughs> I want political allegory. I'll watch CNN. Right. But, I mean, I'm assuming as long as you're above the age of consent, if everybody looks the same, then it's not quite as uncomfortable. Because, again, again, that's the kind of situation where you, you – okay, nowadays in, in real life, you have that old idea that, oh, if you're, if you're a total slut, you're just going to go have sex and you're not even going to learn each other's names. Yeah. Here's the kind of thing. You can just go have sex and you won't even learn each other's age. Yeah sort of thing and just don't worry about it well how desperate are you like are you trying desperately like to marry into time like you trying very hard like to find like a good job so you can because you need to find a good job to literally stay alive right okay well is it is it even possible for someone in the ghetto to marry into time if they're separate if they're physically separated and it's going to cost them whatever three years to even get to new greenwich i think if you're in the ghetto you've made your peace that you're just going to drop dead unexpectedly Basically, at some point one day like it's it's not going to happen like it's impossible to marry into time yeah if you're from the ghetto yeah so again is is there a middle class or is it just you're bored into time or you're not i don't know uh, it's, it's such a good question cuz i mean you almost want to ask the question why don't the gangsters break their way into new to, into new greenwich and steal from the wealthier people there is it because the police presence is higher there Right. Probably. But I don't know. It just feels like more common sense that they'd... If, yeah, if they could steal enough time in the ghetto to get to New Greenwich, yeah. why not do it? Clearly, there's a lot more time there to steal. Exactly. I mean, he says that they have like a sweet deal in the ghetto because the cops don't care what they do in the ghetto. Right. But I don't know. It feels like they're just as desperate as the people they're stealing from. Right. Everyone's just trying to get by. Yeah. Some people don't want to work for it so they'll turn to crime yeah kind of thing and i guess can you really blame them i mean if you're if you're if you're if you're like working for a few hours yeah of life yeah i mean at that point it seems to be like a lot of people just be like screw it i'm gonna go steal someone else's time yeah you know people get desperate yeah like if you're olivia wilde and you are literally running for your life yeah like to find day, day to day some like if i don't make this if this if this price gets raised even the tiniest bit i'm dead yeah like on the bus where she's trying desperately to find will so she can get some time it's just like i don't know you almost would like run up to somebody on the street and just be like i will pay you back later I mean, did she, and she didn't even ask for anyone. Did she just assume that no one would give her she half tried, an hour? She tried to chase that man into the building, and he closed the door on her. Well, right, but she, and it, she, on the bus, she didn't turn, and she wasn't like, "Does anybody on this bus? Can anyone give me half an hour?" They all just kind of looked at her like, "You're crazy." Right. Just like, just give her thirty minutes. Yeah. 
Let her run home. <laughs> like her son just got a century. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that, but <laughs> Yeah. You don't know that, but he'll pay you back. <laughs> he will pay you he'll probably give you a handsome reward too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about in time? Any questions you wanna keep no, asking just about that, this society? Just that I think we just proved how interesting this movie could have been. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it was nowhere near this interesting. Right. I, I mean, I still think it was a decent film with dealing with the issue it, it was focused on. But I agree. There, there. I mean, it's such an interesting concept. Yeah. There's, there. I mean, you, you could build a really interesting, crazy world just yeah. with that one concept, and they never really dive into it. No, they didn't. Unfortunately, which is sad. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that will wrap it up for part two of our discussion on in time. Don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing a very Harold and Kumar Christmas in 3D. We'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That would really help get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate it. You have no idea. Uh, and, and don't forget that we also have other shows on the website and in iTunes, including our brand new show, All About the Walking Dead on AMC. Wait, wait, don't eat me. So if you like zombies and you like The Walking Dead on AMC, be sure to check that out. It's a really great show. Uh, we, we, we really appreciate your support. Frank, where can people find you online? FJ Ready at Twitter and my blog, Quite Frankly Entertainment. All right. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at www.thecoolshopeffect.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will definitely follow you back so we can keep talking about movies like In Time and the, the different questions that are brought up. Some of them appropriate, some of them not. <laughs> right. All right. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Frank Reddy. Have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!